I bring up Ethan as an example, it seems like quite a bit, but each kid came along, right? Like as you found out you were going to have a child, what is one of the first things you start thinking about? Oh, money. Okay, money. <laughs> right? Right? Like I started thinking about, oh, good, well, what are we going to name him? Right? And one of the things that I saw as we went through this process is I'd be like, oh, I like this name. And my wife would be like, no, no, I don't like that name. Why not? Well, I went to school with a guy like that name, and there's no way I'm naming our son that, right? Anybody, anybody ever been there? Like, like I, don't, I don't know how you did it. Like, so we got books, and now, now today you got the internet, and you can find out names. As a matter of fact, the year, I, I knew one Ethan my whole entire life, one. We named Ethan, Ethan, and that year he was the number, that was the number one name for boys that year in the United States. And it was like, are you serious? So one day, I remember we were, when I was youth pastor down in Springfield, we go down to Silver Dollar City. We're playing on this area. Ethan's playing on this area. It's like this big jungle gym area. He's running. And I hear, Ethan. And I hear another mom, Ethan. And I hear another mom, Ethan. And I'm like, good grief, how many Ethans are here in this play area in Silver Dollar City? And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, this name is a popular name at this point. So today I was looking up, uh, did you know the number one most popular name in the United States today is Oliver for boys? Did you know that Declan is number two? I'm sitting here going, whoa, these names are crazy. But I just think about that because everybody's like, oh, I like that name because nobody else has it. And then everybody else has it. But I want you to see something throughout Scripture that we kind of maybe take for granted or maybe we don't think about or maybe there's, there's things that we don't take in all of the weight of what it means. But I want you to think about this question, what's in a name, right? Do you know what your name means? Like, I had to go and look mine up. I knew a little bit about some of it, but Brian actually means higher noble, um, which I kind of was like, okay, uh, higher noble. But my middle name, Michael, uh, is, is the question, who is like God? right? Ethan's name, and I kind of would say this, I looked up Ethan, means firm or strong. And I can guarantee you he's strong and firm, headed. Uh, (laughs) A little stubborn. He's got a little bit of that from his mom and dad. See, when your mom and dad found out they were going to have a baby, they were most likely excited. There's lots of things that came to mind. Money. How are we going to make ends meet? What do we name them? How are we going to raise them? Am am, Am I ready for this? Right? Like, that was my first thought. I remember looking at Sarah, and it was like, yeah, there's no going back now. Right? Like, like he's on his way. Uh, the day we were taking him home, you know, the first couple of days, they were like, well, we'll take him, so we'll give you guys time to recuperate and recover while she's still in the hospital. And the day we're taking him home, it's like, yeah, we got nobody to call. We got no button to ring for the nurse to come in and be like, hey, can you just take him for a little bit? Right? It was, it was like, this is the real deal. And what I want to do today is we look at J- uh, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 21, and we know the story. We've heard the story over the last couple of weeks. I want to talk about what it means or how to celebrate or remember the power in the name of Jesus. Because there are some truths here that we need to apply to our lives. We have to understand in order to see what Jesus wants to do in us and through us. So in the Old Testament, one of the things you have to understand is that names stood for something. And sometimes names got changed, right? So like David means my beloved. Esau means Harry. Matter of fact, if you were to name your son Esau, it still means Harry, right? Okay. Jacob 
who we know was the brother of Esau, the younger brother of Esau. Jacob literally means supplanter or trickster or one who's going to circumvent. And it's the idea that when Esau was born first, if you were to read Scripture, right, where Esau is born first, but there's a promise that says that your oldest will serve your youngest. So there are these names. Then we get to Abram, right? Abram means exalted father, but Abraham means the father of a multitude. And so names mean something. And so you can look at the name of your child, you can look at your name, you can look at the names, but one of the things that we want to do today, or what I want to do, is this idea of looking at the power in the name of Jesus. And here's the reason why. We talked about our sermon series is called Christmas Isn't Canceled, right? And I want us to see the truth of what is canceled as a result of Jesus' birth. There are things that are canceled that are taken care of as a result of the birth of Jesus, right? Like one of the things we talked about is Jesus comes to cancel fear. He tells us over and over and over again, do not be afraid. And he comes to give us peace and hope and joy. Those are things that we need to experience. And one of the things that we've tried to consider or tried to challenge you with is that we don't allow Christmas to be so overwhelmed or our Christmas to be so overwhelming that we miss out on the true meaning of Christmas. And so this idea of not walking in fear, but walking in joy, of, of acknowledging the good news of the kingdom of God. And then today I want to talk about the power of the name of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 1, follow along with me. We're going to do three simple verses, and then we're actually going to reference a number of scriptures throughout. Matthew chapter 1, listen to what he says in verse 21. She will give birth, this is talking about Mary, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of what? Jesus, right? Because he will save his people from their sins. Like, I don't know if you like to highlight, underline, circle, or do whatever, but one of the things I have in my Bible is right there. Name is Jesus, and here is the very reason of why he came. He's going to save his people from their sins. Verse 22, it says, all this took place to, to, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us, right? I want you to understand there's some things we have to begin. I, I kind of have a pet peeve, and I'm, I'm, this is not on, on Chris or anybody else. When I see the word Emmanuel, right, if we were to do a, a, a proper transliteration of what we call the Hebrew to the English, it's actually an I, not an E, right? And so, when I see Emmanuel with the E, it just kind of is just a pet peeve of mine. It's no big deal. It's just me being stupid or picky. Um, but Emmanuel literally means God with us. And so when Mary and Joseph are getting ready to give birth to Jesus, they didn't choose his name. They didn't go to the internet and go, hey, what's the most popular name? What's a common name? What's a, what are things? Mary and Joseph were approached by the angel, angel of the Lord, who told them exactly what they were to name Jesus. And so Jesus' name is going to be Jesus, right? And then he's got kind of a tagline, if you want to call it, which means God with us. He's also going to be called Emmanuel, which is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7. In, in Isaiah chapter 9, we see that played out through here. But there is no other name under heaven that we can compare to, and there is no name greater than the name Jesus. So here's what I want to do. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this, that Jesus' name reveals his love for us and cancels death by saving us from our sins. Jesus' name reveals his love for us 
and cancels death by saving us from our sins. That's what we can remember from this. The power in the name of Jesus is something we have to begin to understand. And here's, as I was preparing for this, I want to encourage you. Matter of fact, I would challenge you to go home and begin to look at things that happen as a result of the name of Jesus being used. Like when I'm reading the book of Acts, as I'm looking through this, in the name of Jesus, people were healed. The blind were, were, were able to see. The mute were able to speak. Those who had diseases were able to walk out of those diseases because of the power of the name of Jesus Christ. There's also a point in time, though, where some are calling on the name of Jesus, even though they don't know Jesus, and it says that they're getting their butts handed to them by demons because they were trying to call on this powerful name, but yet not having a connection or relationship with the power of Christ in the first place. And so there's a lot of beauty that takes place in the name of Jesus all throughout Scripture. Like all of the Old Testament is preparing God's people for the coming Messiah. And then the New Testament is that the Messiah is born, the Messiah is here, and now as a result of the Messiah's death, or sorry, first his life, his birth, his life, then his death, and his resurrection. Here is how you and I are to live our lives. Because of the glorious and majestic name of Jesus Christ, because of the power that is in Jesus, that we're called to something different, something completely separate. So, I told you that we want to focus on this, that Jesus' name reveals his love for us and cancels death by saving us. So, I want to give you three things that I believe his name reveals, right? Number one is this. His name reveals his personality. It reveals the very nature of who God is. And what I mean by that is this. When we look at that word Emmanuel, which means God with us, it reveals the very nature of him. He is a relatable God. He is a God who is all about relationships. He went to the uttermost extremes to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And likewise, he goes to the uttermost extremes to have a relationship with those who don't know him. That's why in Scripture when it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that's the personal nature of God, right? Knowing that I would still sin, knowing that I would still do things in a certain way, knowing that I would respond in certain ways and fashions to God, Jesus still died on the cross. So it reveals His personality, and what we have to begin to see is this, that the nature of God is greater than anything we can know and understand. As a matter of fact, God, what we see when we see God with us is that this idea that God is in the human flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I'm just referencing some of these for you to begin to look at, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning, or He was with God in the beginning. That's John chapter 1, verse 1. He was not born of a normal birth, but of a supernatural one. That's why the virgin birth is one of the most important doctrines for us to understand. Now, there are certain backgrounds of different religious ideas that, that, that this virgin birth isn't that big a deal, but the virgin birth is massive. Because it's the supernatural power work of God in the life of Mary to have her bear a son without any sexual contact, to bear a son so that the sin line or the lineage of sin would not be carried on. And so what we see is God with us, Jesus is born, 
He is born into sinful humanity with no sinful nature. So he is God with us. He is God for us. But at the same time, he would not and cannot and will not sin. And so it's important for us to understand that because the virgin birth produces a child without a sin nature. And God is a personal God who joins with us. Listen, he joins with us, God with us, in order to have or provide salvation for those of his people. Matter of fact, Isaiah chapter 43 says this, Fear not, for I have redeemed you and I have called you by name because you are mine. And so while we look at the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to also know this, that in each and every circumstance and situation, in each and every person he has created, that he calls you by name. And here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus is knocking on the doors and the hearts of people all around the world calling their name. And some choose to listen and acknowledge and open the door, and some choose to ignore. And some will walk away. The Bible says that they will suppress the truth in their heart. But here's also what I know, that God went to great extent because he knows your name. All throughout Scripture, we see these things like he counts, he knows the number of hairs on your head that were as just as valuable, and he knows the, the stars, and he knows you. And, and one of the things that we can begin to understand is this, that God is a personal God who wants to have a relationship with you. And here's what's crazy about that. If I don't reciprocate that and get to know God, then I miss out on the benefit of having the relationship with Him. If I don't get to know God, first of all, through His Son, and second of all, through the Word, then I miss out on the benefit of the relationship I am to have with Jesus Christ in that. Because His Word is the very one. As a matter of fact, I said it last week, last week the written Word reveals the truth about the living Word. And so God is a personal God. Like for some reason in our world, there's this idea that people think that God is impersonal. He's not involved. He doesn't care. If God cared, why does he ignore me? Why does... And we have to begin to go back to that same question. If God cares, why does he ignore me? Maybe he's not ignoring you. Maybe your desires and wants are just opposite of what God has for you. Maybe the very thing that God wants to give you is the very thing you don't want right now. So his name reveals his personality, number one. Number two, that we can see this, his name reveals his purpose. Go back to Matthew chapter one, again, until it tells us this, right? It says that she will give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from her sins. So what is the purpose of Jesus' birth in the first place? to save us, right? To, to purchase us, to redeem us from the way of destruction, the way of sin, the very things that we so easily give into. Matter of fact, Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 says this, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness, right? The very purpose for which Jesus came was born in a manger, was born to a virgin, was born in a lowly way, is the very purpose he came to establish, was to save his people from their sins. And it's important for us to think about that, right? As we enter into this Christmas season, listen, we love gifts, right? We love to give, we love to, to, to bless, we love to do all of those things. But if we miss out on the very truth of what Jesus 
communicates to us through these texts, through, through Matthew, through Luke, through Isaiah, and, and things like that, then we begin to miss out on exactly what God wants to do in our life. Like, Christmas should be the celebration. Here's the celebration. Like, yes, we remember His birth. We want to celebrate His birth because that's the sending of the good news of the gospel. It's the sending of the good news of Jesus that we would no longer be held accountable because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But that's the very purpose why He came. So don't let Christmas pass you by and miss out on the purpose. Why did Jesus come? Why was he born? Because he came to save his people from their sins. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel. Salvation to any and all who believe. He will save his people from their sins. Listen, God gave him the name Jesus, and it's in him that we have redemption and victory and hope. It is in Jesus that we find freedom from our sin, that we're released from the oppression of the enemy. Death has no power over us. It is in the name of Jesus that we experience hope and joy and peace. As a matter of fact, if you flip to John chapter 3, verse 16, we love chapter 3, verse 16, right? For, for listen, listen to what it says, just so you can, can kind of grasp exactly what God is talking about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? So that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But here's where we get, I call them the but verses, right? Or, or the, the secondary or the ones that oftentimes get overlooked. Like lots of people, you go, you go to football games, sometimes people have John 3.16 up. Great verse. Phenomenal verse. It's a verse about the gospel. Listen to verse 17, though. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So why did Jesus come? Why was Jesus born of a virgin? Why was Jesus God with us? Why was Jesus to be given the name Jesus so that he would save his people from their sins, right? But to save the world through him. And then verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So where does condemnation come from? In today's cancel culture or in the idea of canceling Christmas, who does the condemning? Or how is condemning coming about? Does Jesus condemn others? No. Who condemns themselves? We do. If we don't place our faith and trust in Him, if we don't acknowledge Jesus as Savior, so He's the one who does, or sorry, we are the ones who do the condemnation. And so when we look at people, are like, well, the church just shouldn't be so judgmental. Jesus isn't judgmental. You breathe or you give the condemnation to yourself as a lack of unbelief. So Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to die for the world. And the only way the sin problem could have been dealt with, though, is through the sacrificial death or the shedding of blood of Jesus on the cross. So that's the purpose for which he came, to save his people from their sins. So his birth leads to a life that he shows us how to live that leads to his death, which is the sacrificial death, his shed blood on the cross, the sacrificial lamb, and then his resurrection, which offers us life and life more abundantly. So that's the very purpose for which he came. Jesus came that he might die on the cross to set us free from the sins that I don't know about you, 
but I have a lot easier time running into sin. It seems so easy to run into the sinful nature than it is to give or, or to, to walk into the, the spiritual nature, to walk in obedience to Christ. I say this over and over and over again. I, I've never had to be taught how to do things wrong, right? Like, that's my nature. Like, I like to do things wrong, sinful. But I've had to learn out of obedience to God how to do things in obedience. And so his name reveals his purpose. And finally, I want to feel, close out with this. His name reveals his power. Now, here's what's crazy about this. Like, on Friday night, we were sitting around, we were watching a, a movie called Christmas Chronicles uh, just recently. I'd never heard of it, honestly. Great movie, really cute, right? But there's this whole idea about the power of the Christmas spirit and getting Santa sleigh to fly and all these things that go on. Really neat movie, but I want you to think about it this way, right? That regardless of how people believe that the power of Jesus Christ is still effective, and it's the most powerful thing you'll ever know. The power of the name of Jesus is more powerful than any and all things. As a matter of fact, Acts chapter 4, verse two, uh, 12 says this, salvation is found in no one else. In other words, there's no other way. There is no, no one who can step in and usurp the authority or power of Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. So you think about the power of the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name. And I, listen, I know what society wants to say. There's got to be multiple ways to God. There's got to be multiple gods that are going to lead. All roads lead to home. All roads lead to heaven. All roads lead to God. But it's a complete contradiction to what Scripture says. It's a complete contradiction to what Jesus talks about. It's a complete contradiction to the power of the name of Jesus. So when we talk about this power, this overwhelming, unrelenting, honestly, our inability to even understand the power of God, we have to understand that God is able and that there is no other name under heaven by which somebody should be saved. There's power in the name of Jesus. You see, the name of Jesus means the Lord saves. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 1, what's it say? He will save his people from their sins. So that's the name of Jesus. It means the Lord saves. So I want to just read something I began to write down. God loved us so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross to save us from our sins. So there's the purpose, and then there's the power, the power of the resurrected Christ. The Bible tells us that there is no other name that can save us. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the bread of life. He's the bright morning star. He's our counselor. He's our comforter. He's our keeper. He's the chief shepherd, and he's the cornerstone. He is the creator and the sustainer of all things. He is the deliverer, the firstborn among the dead. He is our great priest. He is the good shepherd. He is Emmanuel, which is God with us. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the light of the world. I love Christmas lights. And I love to sing. Singing's my favorite. <laughs> He's the light of the world. 
He's the line of Judah. He's the Messiah and our mediator. He is our mighty God. He's our Prince of Peace and our Passover Lamb. He's the resurrection and the life, and He is the rock of salvation. He is the Son of God, and He is the Savior to all mankind. He is the true vine and the true light. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Word. He is wonderful. He is majestic. Jesus is the name above every name. That's the power that Christ offers in the midst of a Christmas season where some think maybe Christmas is canceled, we have to begin to understand that the power of God and the power of the name of Jesus can never be canceled because he is all of those things tied into one. And so when we look at this and I see that Jesus is personal and that Jesus has a purpose and that Jesus' power is unmatched, then I have only really one true response Romans chapter 12 says this, that I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that I begin to follow Him, and I place my faith and trust in Him. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 says, therefore God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what's in the name? I believe everything's in the name. And so as you think about Christmas time, and I think about the times where my daughters got dolls and things like that, and they're like, what are we going to name it? Or even last year when we got our dog, and we start talking about this name, I want you to think about this this Christmas, the power of Jesus and the power of his name. And I'm going to challenge you just over this Christmas time that you don't neglect the passion of Christ in Christmas, that you talk with your kids about his personal relationship and how he loves them and how he died for them. And then you talk about the purpose and why Jesus came. And you talk about the power of God and how he redeems broken people from a destructive life. You know, when I look out, when I see people that I, when I get to preach to you guys and stuff like that, you know what I think about? is the individual stories everybody has about how God works and how the power in the name of Jesus works to bring about repentance, to acknowledge Him as Savior, to correct what needs to be corrected in our life, to redeem you from the destructive things. Listen, I, you know, I tell this over and over and over again, but I, I, I can't talk highly enough about what Christ did in my life. Because I was hell-bent on destruction. I was set down a path of trying to do whatever I could to gain popularity and acceptance. And if that meant I had to fight people, I was willing to fight. I didn't care who you were, what, how big you were, nothing like that. And God had to break that pride down. And God had to show me that you're not that big of a deal, dude. <laughs> right? Like, you're not as tough as you think you are. And you're not as bold as you think you are. And you're not all that. And God brings each of us to a point where we say, look, God, the only thing I got is you. And that's all as a result of the power of Jesus, the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And so here's what I simply want to do. I just want Chris, and then we're going to come up, and we're going to close with this song. We'll have a couple announcements. We'll do our offering here in just a second. But what's in the name? 
In the name of Jesus, there's life, there's hope, there's peace, there's salvation. His name lifts heavy burdens, it comforts a broken heart, it redeems us from our sins. His name is a name worth knowing, his name is a name worth worshiping, his name is a name that we honor and respect and adore and believe in because he is the Savior worth loving. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, for his obedience to you, placing your will above everything else, his acknowledgement and his birth here in earth because it was God with us. And Lord, we know that you want to work in us this, this Christmas season. And God, maybe there are people around us that are broken and are hurting that are longing for something deeper. They're looking for answers in life. They're looking for a purpose. They don't know the power of the name of Jesus. God, would you give us a boldness to speak that, to love those who are around us, to stand on the truth of your word, because we know there is no other name by which, under heaven, by which man must be saved, but the name of Jesus. And we acknowledge that today. Thank you for the gift, for his birth, for his life, for his death that paid the price that we couldn't pay, and for the resurrection that offers us life and life more abundantly. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.